tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Brett Herbstra here with birthday girl Christina Warren for a special birthday episode. Happy birthday, Christina. Woo! Happy birthday, Christina, indeed. Hey, Brett. What are you, 22 now? Exactly. I'm 22. That's awesome. Um, I I am swell. Uh, I would like an update on life on the West Coast. Yes. Um, okay. So it's it's good. Um, I I'm it's okay. So it's starting to get dark really early, which is weird. Um, because you know, always during the the, the winter months, it gets dark early. Yep. But because I'm so high up. I'm so north now that by like 5 p.m., it seems like it's 8 or, or 8.30 at night. Yeah, welcome to my world. Is that what happens in uh, in Minnesota? Oh, for sure. Um, so, it, and, and it gets like, like you know, um, light late in the morning as well. So, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you don't have a lot of sunlight. So, that's been – and people have told me about this and I've, I should have like been prepared, but I haven't been. Which so. actually leads into the health corner. My, um, so yes, Talk my to first people. topic was SAD, so we can get there. Yeah, that sounds good. What you mean right now? I mean, we don't have to. We can continue talking about my life in the I West did, Coast. I, I didn't mean, whatever mean to you curtail want. your update. Uh, no, I mean, so I mean that 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 that's happening. Um, still, just kind of uh, getting to know people, um, uh, getting settled at the new new job. We talked about the fact that I switched teams in the last podcast, didn't we, or yes, did we not? I believe okay. we did. Okay, so I'm getting settled with that, which is really cool. I'm actually going to be in New York um, this week, so that's awesome. Um, it's for work, but I'm going to try to see friends anyway. But I'll, I'll be we have a, a big a developer conference called Connect, and I'll be doing some interviews um, uh, in between the the keynote and the sessions um, while people are, are at lunch and still looking at the live stream. So um, that'll be that'll be fun. But I uh, I'm excited to be in New York again. It's going to be weird though going back to what still kind of feels like home um, for the first time in the six, in six months and, and to be there for the first time in years where I don't live there, you know, where I'm like going to visit. So that's, that, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. I can relate to that too. We won't go into that right now. Um, yeah. So short days. Yeah. Causes definitely short a, days. a condition that at least around these parts is very common. Uh, SAD, seasonal affective disorder. Have you, are you familiar with this? I'm very familiar with it because my, uh, I, I read the book winter blues probably when, probably 15 years ago. Um, because my shrink told me to, uh, because I had one of those lights and this was when I was in Georgia, which is not really a common place where we're sad, uh, is a big force because even during the winter months, you still have more sunlight. Um, but, uh, I, I did get one of those lights at one point that's supposed to help because the, the idea is basically if your body doesn't have a lot of melatonin and you're not getting sunlight, it can impact mood. And there have been, you know, actual studies showing that. And if you have a higher propensity towards depression, which I, of course, do, then it feels like sad could be um, even uh, even bigger. So, yeah, um, I've heard that that's big here as well. So I'm probably going to have to get one of those special UV lights for my the, desk or something. The desktop lamps have come a long way. I would say probably when you were 15, uh, and I would have been, what, 25, um, the lights were these big, like you had to have these wide UV um, fluorescent type bulbs, 
and they were cumbersome but the new ones are just like little glowing tubes that you can stick on your desk they're 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 pretty awesome yeah i mean and 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 to be clear i wasn't 15 um we're not that far apart in age but i do appreciate you keeping up the lie because now that i'm at the age that i am i'm like actively lying about my age so i can be younger so i do appreciate you keeping that up with me um but yeah you'll have to send me a link to some of the some of the things that that you've used because yeah. it's been a long time since i've looked into these but i definitely would like to get a lamp for my desk because it's not affecting me so far but i have a feeling that it will it so. hit me hard this year. I generally would laugh when people would tell because I mean, up until the study you mentioned just shortly ago, um, it was always considered a little bit of a kind of quacky. Yeah. Oh, of course you're depressed. There's no sunlight. That's depressing. But no, there are actual a lack of sunlight, lack of melatonin, vitamin D definitely triggers something. And this year it was really harsh for me. Like all of a sudden the world was just a horrible gray place. So I've been supplementing. And it's helped? Um, sure. I still think it's partly <laughs> I mean mind I kinda over do matter. too. I mean I do too, but I do feel like there's probably something to be said about it. No, like, it's the lack absolutely of... legit legitimate. Um yes. any any psychologist, psychiatrist today will tell you it's a legitimate condition. Um I don't I, you know, I, I'm not like officially diagnosed SAD. I don't know if that is a. Yeah, I don't know if it's an actual diagnosis or not. But anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know a lot of people go through it. Okay, so that's 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 good to know. Um, Full spectrum lamps and uh, good whiskey. Just kidding about the whiskey. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe. <laughs> the other half of my health corner was going to be I I took a two hour workshop on yoga handstands. Uh-huh. I'm getting really strong. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm not like a muscle man by any means, but yeah, I can I can hold myself upside down. How fun is that? That's really cool. I haven't done a handstand in so long, I would be afraid. Right. When I was a kid, I, I took gymnastics, I was doing cartwheels and walking on my hands and stuff, no problem, but you hit a certain point. You said a certain point. Yeah, I, I found this out recently when I like tried to see if I could still do like a back bend or whatever, and I was like, <laughs> nope. Uh, I mean, maybe if I if I work at it enough, you know, pull pull a bread and start or start, you know, improve my body with yoga, like that would be one thing. But uh, do you remember that, wagon wheel? Yes. Um, I, it took the first time I tried it. Uh, between my wrists and my back, there was no way I was going to hold that. But I've been working on both, and I can do wagon wheel now. Wow. Which, for anyone listening, is where you basically lay on your back and put your hands on the floor behind your head with your fingers pointing towards your shoulder, and then lift yourself up into a semicircle. Yeah, the stuff that we used to like do to ourselves as children, it's kind of amazing yeah. how much our bodies betray us <laughs> as we age. Great birthday topic. It's something I think a lot about now that I, I'm getting like older. As I, I do, I, I, I'm kind of like constantly looking at photos and like looking at myself in the mirror and being like, God, our bodies really hate us. <laughs> you know, I actually, I, I have the good fortune of never having been in super great shape. Like I was skinny for a long time, but I was scrawny. And now I can look at myself and I actually might be the best looking I've ever been. That's awesome. Yeah, I it took me until I was 40, but I finally got uh, attractive. <laughs> I'm cool with that. 
That's really good. No, that's awesome. I've been so it's it's really great. I mean, our, our podcast has been so sporadic that I don't know how far back people would have to go um, in terms of like years of time. But it's really interesting to, to like you can kind of follow your progression of, of health and feeling like attractiveness like through our Brett's Health Corner segments on the pod. <laughs> you really can't because it Which started is kind of with, awesome. I'm fat and lazy and I am so out of shape. I can't even shovel my driveway. And and, and, like, and my back is, is doing these spasms. So I'm going to try this yoga thing. And now it's like completely changed your life. It has. That's awesome. I tried doing cardio. Had I done that last time we talked? Uh, no, you hadn't. The, there's a, this college girl offers at the studio where I go. Um, she's doing this very early in the morning, seven, seven o'clock AM class, which for me is it's early. Um, yeah, that's I honestly, for people who that's not early for, I can't relate to them if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> well, they probably, you know, they're late. It's probably earlier than mine. Too, I so. agree. I agree. So I'm saying, I mean, we, I, I understand that that's early, but I, I mean, for some people that that's not early, but for me, I'm like, yeah, that's early. But she offers this, um, cardio yoga class which is basically a cardio workout that they right they're just calling yoga right like instead of burpees you're doing like really fast sun salutations (laughs) but they're they're burpees Um, and I tried that for a couple weeks and it was really hard which made me think I can do this I'm just gonna keep going until I get it but I just cardio is not it doesn't feel good yeah, that's that's the thing with cardio. People <laughs> really like the rush. I've never been one of those people. That's why yeah. I, I don't. Oh, and I don't, I don't get run. the rush. Yeah, it's why I don't run. To be totally honest, I would like to to run. Um, I know it's good for you, but every time I try to get into it, I'm just like God, I don't like how I. F- this doesn't do anything for me. I just feel worn out and like not satisfied. Like well, so the thing is, running is good for you in the short term, but there's a very high. Um, rate of knee injury. That's true. And and knee degradation over time. And my knees are bad enough to start with. So I run, but I do it sparingly. And I don't. I stop before it hurts. And I know that runner's high happens long after that point. But I, right, I just don't have the motivation to hurt. That's why I stuck with yoga. It didn't. It always felt good. Well, that's that's why I needed to 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 find like a, a yoga thing that will fit with my schedule. Um, that'll be one of my goals for the Check new year. Check out Yoga Glow. Do it online. Okay. okay. They have really I, good I, courses. Then I then I, I I might do that. Um, speaking of like online stuff, I've been wanting to get a, a spin bike for a while, and now I'm feeling more confident than ever that I will. I've wanted to get one of those stupid Peloton bikes. It's like yeah. a $2,000 spin bike. And then it's got like this stupid subscription. But what they have instead, which apparently for most people is just as good is that you can use any spin bike you want and use like their iPad app. And then they have like a subscription and you just pay for the subscription each month. And, and it's they're like a uh, uh, run keeper, but for spinning. No, it's like soul cycle. So what it is, is, is it, you have instructors who take you through all the classes and do the whole thing and you can get like, um, uh, a little clip on thing to your, your dumb bike that will show you things like your RPMs and, and maybe, you know, sync, maybe not sync with the app per se, but like, let you see like a readout. So, you know, when you need to raise or lower or, or whatever, yeah. um, because the, the whole point of like the, 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 the system is that it's got a, the screen built in. And you're doing, you know, these classes either live or on demand um, with instructors, just like you would at SoulCycle, but you're at you're in the comfort of your home. And the the technology like lets 
um, them, you know, call out people on the leaderboard, like say, oh, you know, Brett, you're, you're doing great. Or come on, Christina, you know, stand up or whatever. <laughs> and like, you can see all of your stats on the board, um, in, in, in a really smart way, like in time with whatever's happening in the lesson. Um, that's all really great, but it's really expensive. And so my friend saying, um, did basically what I was thinking of doing with, and he did this independently without us even talking about it. And he was telling me about how he just pays for a subscription. He's like, I'll just share my subscription with you. I was like, okay, so I might, I might, uh, get a bike and then, and then try, um, try out the poor man's Peloton, um, rather than, than paying the, the two grand for the bike and then the, the $20 a month for the service. I will be curious to hear about that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that that'll be, um, something that I'm going to try next year. I get a certain amount of money. I like my, my, my health benefit at work. I can either have, um, a membership at a really nice health club. Um, or I can have $800 a year to put towards whatever health stuff I want. And this year I, I because it was six months in, um, and I still got the 800 bucks cause I, I joined like right before the cutoff date. I just took the money. Um, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, in January, if I'm going to take the fitness plan or if I'm going to do, um, the health benefit, uh, or if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to take the cash. So if I, if I take the cash, then that's something I can immediately put towards like buying the bike and, and the other stuff. Um, but I, since I do kind of want to do some classes, I, I'm curious to, to see if it would be like worthwhile for me to just take an earlier bus in the mornings and go to the gym um, and then, you know, shower and go, go into the office or, um, see what the facility, because there is a, a gym that's, uh, part of this thing, um, about, a, about a mile and a half away from where my apartment is. And so I could like take the bus there. Um, <laughs> you could walk there. I could, well, no, because on the way back, it's all uphill. Oh no. It's like a massive hill. No, 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 no. It, no, it's like a San Francisco hill. When I was so, your age, it was uphill both ways in the well, snow totally i'm just saying like i've learned not to mess with these hills and i know myself and if i've worked out and i'm coming back from the gym and it's it's going to be a pain to get back like i would use that as a as an excuse not to go oh absolutely so so th this is what i'm trying to kind of think in my mind <laughs> like I, i'm already thinking of all the ways that i would talk myself out of going to the gym so it, 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 this isn't like oh no a mile you know uphill is bad it's like oh no i would use this negatively um to, to get out of ever going and so these are things i'm trying to figure out like before i choose what i'm going to spend my money on i got a i got a apple watch series three this year with the money nice that, i mean that seems like a legitimate expense i mean <laughs> no seriously like yeah it, nothing has I, it started with my fitbit but having the the rings on my watch on my wrist oh totally is seriously motivating like i yeah. obsessively have to fill the rings that's how I feel too. And, and I've had the OG, you know, series one, not the faster series one, like the one that, that, you know, from April of 2015 and, you know, that's just a slow watch and you can't, it doesn't have the GPS and it doesn't have some of the other, um, stuff on it. So, um, and I could have just had a series two. I would have been fine with that. I wouldn't have needed or whatever needed the LTE per se, but I wanted, the features. And since I wanted the stainless steel model, I was like, well, I might not even activate the, the LTE part. Cause I don't know if I want to pay $10 a month right. to occasionally use, you know, my watch without my phone, but, um, what the hell? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Do you have an iPhone 10? I don't. Not yet. Uh, our, our Verizon store here in town had 20 of them, like, next day, which is unusual here in Winona, Minnesota. Yeah. But, uh, I didn't snag one because I think even with my Edge, I think I have a ways to go before I can upgrade. And I just haven't had the motivation to call and find out yet. Don't blame you. Um, I do have one. Um, I like it very much. My mom has one as well, and she's very excited. She's been using a, a 5S, so to go from the, the 5S to the 10 is a pretty big jump. Yeah, for sure. Um, she's been very excited, though, which has been fun. <laughs> I was amazed. Like People were ready to hate it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the reviews have been possibly the most glowing I've seen across the board in ever. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it, to the point where, I mean, I, I really liked, uh, uh, Alex Kranz, my former coworker at Gizmodo. I liked the headline of her review. It was like, I hate myself for how much I like the new iPhone 10. Yeah. I feel um, like most of the, most of the, uh, publishing industry is feeling like that. They really like it, hating, hating new tech gets hits. People yeah, want well, to know why they should hate something. Well, and especially when it's a thousand dollar plus phone and it's from Apple, like you, you know, like that has all the makings of, of hating something yeah. like, like you want to hate the, the big dog. You want to have a reason to see them fail. You want to be able to be ha ha. And then you're like, God damn it. This so we is just good. have to focus on the notch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> which is not that big of a deal. I don't even notice it. It's, it's so funny though, because I, I still have my iPhone seven plus. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Um, I want to sell it, but part of me kind of wants to keep the, my last remnants of rose gold and maybe <laughs> use it as like a, a phablet of sorts. Um, and the the home button gesture and the new multitasking thing has become so ubiquitous with me already that I am constantly doing it on my old phone. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, it, and it took no time at all for that just to become natural. And I was like, huh, okay. Apple and technology in general have had to stop caring about being backwards compatible. We yes. all we all touch our laptop screens now just because we always think we're still on our iPad. Yeah, they'll catch. I up. mean, they yeah. Eventually, it'll be a touchscreen iPhone, a MacBook, maybe. I think it'll happen. Yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna have to. Um, and it is weird for me because I at work now I actually I have a MacBook as well as a uh, Surface Book, and. You know, uh, so I have a 13-inch MacBook Pro, and I have you know the 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 Surface Book, which is also which is about the same size, and uh, like one of them has a touch screen and one of them doesn't, and I'm <laughs> always touching the wrong one. Yes, that would be horribly confusing to me. I don't even do well with switching keyboard layouts. Oh yeah, that's the hard thing because part of me wanted to just like full-on remap, you know, uh, Control and Command on the PC. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like the, like, like more of their like version of control and, and I guess alter or whatever. Yeah. But the problem is, is that if you do that, cause you can, but it's really difficult then that would, there are certain apps that take the layout differently for certain reasons and it, it would mess stuff up. It just, it, you can't do it like yeah. in, in a way where it's just, it just wouldn't, I tried to justify like trying it out. I was like, no, that, this, will, this will just end in tragedy. So for I've somehow for now convinced my brain to use the correct, you know, shortcuts depending on what, what system I'm on. Yeah. And that takes some work. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention, and this should have come in the earlier segment. I found this pillow called the Zeke smart pillow, Z E E Q. 
Yeah, I've heard of that. A $300 pillow with built-in streaming music and sleep tracking and smart alarms. And I find it very interesting, but it doesn't inspire me to buy one. It inspires me to build an Arduino pillow. Uh, as you should, because I've seen this Zeke thing. I, 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 I mean, it was it started as a Kickstarter. They keep like lowering the price of it. Yeah, I, don't I can know. get it for one twenty nine right now. I um I played with it at there was this really really sad and pathetic luxury tech show that I went to and it was it was it was really sad and pathetic and I really wanted to just like rip into it like all this, the 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 pathetic examples of luxury at the luxury tech show but even <laughs> we felt like that might be too mean and there was nothing that was that bombastically terrible like there were a lot of terrible things but it was just more sad that like people were able to get um the whatever like you know little center that they were able to run out full of this stuff and that these trade companies were showing stuff off. I'm like, who in the hell would buy this? And the Zeke pillow was there. And I was just like, this is the dumbest thing. Cause you're right. Like this isn't a bad idea, but I would just build my own with an Arduino and, um, or, or even just like stick your Fitbit in your pillow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just stick your Apple watch in your pillow and, and play music that way. Like it, it's, well, so the, uh, the sleep phones that I love, uh, they have these flat, fabric coated PSO speakers uh, that fit inside the headband and they're, they're soft. Like, yeah. Um, I just want to, I'm going to rip a pair of those apart or just find those PSO speakers and sew them into the pillow. And really, I, I guess it's more than anything. It's just the speakers that I want. Um, the, the rest of it, sleep tracking and everything is uh, superficial. Um, yeah, exactly. Because you could just do that on your Fitbit anyway. Because so right now I just put my phone under my pillow if I'm not going to wear headphones. Um, I tried using my new AirPods at night. Uh, it doesn't work because it doesn't work. I take them out in my sleep and then I have to use find my <laughs> find my AirPods in the morning to find them. And uh, they're not super comfortable for me. They fall out and then my music stops when they fall out. And yeah, right. that wasn't yeah. a solution. Yeah, no, I thought that because I would like that too. I, I tried that. I tried sleeping in my AirPods. I was like, yeah, I don't like this. I like my AirPods a lot, but I I can't sleep in them. Weirdly, I don't like like the 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 corded earbuds, um, the Apple ones, the AirPods. But I do when I want to sleep with music. Again, I find that those tend to be the best ones. Have you seen the, uh, you earbuds? These uh, um, little plastic covers for the AirPods. I don't think so. Why you are B U D Z? They are they. It's a completely different experience. Just, they're like little oh, condoms for your ear pods. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I could maybe try something like that to see if those would be more comfortable. My problem with that though then becomes, and, and this just becomes, I'm, I'm paranoid because of this the stupid uh, no headphone jack. Like then you can't charge your phone and listen to the music at the same time. Yeah. So if your phone isn't super charged at night, mm -hmm. you have that weird feeling, which happened to me this week where I didn't wake up because my phone battery died. And then I woke up late and I was like, oh, it's 8.05 and, and my, I, I was supposed to take an 8.15 bus. That's clearly not happening today. I definitely, since, uh, since the latest iOS update and uh, my watch OS 4, uh, have had some serious battery life issues and have had to get myself on a very rigid charging regimen because, uh, yeah, everything will, nothing will last through the night anymore. 
Yeah. Um, Nothing I, uh, ever even lasts through the day anymore. I was going to say, you know, the iPhone 10 so far, I've been getting through the day on it, but I don't know how much of that is just, you know, the new phone thing or whatever. But I, I know my 7 Plus, which used to last me all day easily, you know, I've noticed it it lasting less and less time, which is frustrating. And I was hope it started during the iOS betas and I was concerned with it. I was concerned with iOS 11. I was like, I, this is this is the battery hit. People were like and I, and I, I held off for a while, actually updating to, to the betas. Cause I, I didn't want to deal with that. And then I was asking people, I was like, is, is the battery life better? The battery life better. And at a certain point people said, yeah, it, it's better for the most part, but it's really not. And, and it, it doesn't feel like I, I kind of am at this point. I, I don't have a lot of confidence that it will be fixed. Well, and anytime a new phone comes out, people are always like, oh yeah, the battery life is better, but it's because they're it's always coming from your old what? Right. Right. It's a new battery. That's if you got the same phone you have now with a new battery and suddenly remembered what it was like when you first got it, you would say, oh, yeah, this has way better battery life because it degrades so quickly. Totally. Because we use it all the time. People these days. So should we talk about the sad stuff happening? Yeah, because there's a ton of sad stuff. It's happening. sad. It's sad, but happy. The whole like uh, the wave of uh, sexual assault allegations uh coming out especially out of hollywood like i am really happy this is happening because there's no way too. there's no way that culture changes uh without what is happening right now it does right. suck that every day i have to wonder which which, which one of my heroes yeah is going is going to be uh yeah are you gonna be horrified will, by I, yeah will i hate by the end of the day um that is it's i'm i'm absolutely willing to take that hit because I mean, Kevin Spacey, that one killed me. I, that one I, killed me too. I I'd had a really great interview with him uh, a number of years ago, right before he started House of Cards, or House of Cards had been shot, um, but it hadn't debuted yet, or maybe it was about to debut. And I was interviewing him about some short film festival, and we had a really good conversation to the point that it was it was one of those weird things where afterwards the PA or whatever like ran after me to tell me how much Kevin had enjoyed talking to me, and. I was like, cool, you know, and, and, and I, I really loved his work. And, but at the same time, you know, we all knew he was gay right. and I'd heard things before about him maybe being aggressive, but I didn't know that it went to people that young or that it was that, un you know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. you hear stuff, but you don't put it into context. And, and, and the allegations, the accusations against him are absolutely across any conceivable line. Um, without a doubt, without a doubt. It, it's not just, oh, he got handsy in the pool where people were there, like, you know, consensually and, you know, that's whatever. Like, it, it's not okay. Right. Uh, you're right. Cross the line big time. The same thing, like, Louis C.K., you know, Gawker exposed five years ago. Right, and, exactly. And, 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 and even more years ago, like, they've been content, they, they continue to do those stories. And so I wasn't surprised when it came out, but I was surprised by how many people it was, how bad it was. And then his terrible apology where he doesn't even say, I'm sorry. <laughs> the the non-apology. Yeah. The non-apology that he tries to sound so woke. And you're like, why is this, why would you ever think it's acceptable to with any person who you're not in a romantic relationship with to say, can I masturbate in front of you? <laughs> like, honestly, like in, 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 in what, in what universe is that ever acceptable? Like when you're just hanging out and, and that person isn't in a sexual scenario with you and, and, and then you are just like, can I jack off now? Like, what the hell? I haven't like, seen it yet, but I'm told that Tig Nataro approaches this subject in season two of one Mississippi. 
Okay. And I don't know if you saw season one. That show was I great. I okay, loved it so much. Um, but uh, like it, it actually uh, covered the idea of, uh, of sexual harassment and uh, kind of Hollywood. Uh, exactly what's in the news right now. And I'm pretty sure it was filmed before all of this started. So respect to Tig on that. Um, but yeah, I think she, she, she touches on the, how, um, traumatic it can be to have someone masturbate at you like that. I get that. That seems that's intense. That is way beyond just, Hey, I think you're cute. This is, I'm going to trap you and you're going to watch me do something very private to you, you know, right. even if I'm not touching you, this is still fucked up. This is fucked up and this is and this is, you know, this is the power dynamic. Like I saw certain commenters on different websites who were trying to say, well, you know, they didn't work for him and he wasn't he'd asked him if it was okay and they all said yes. And so how was this? Da, 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 da. It's like do you None not of understand these accusations include the word yes? Exactly. It's like do you and did you understand that even if somebody was like okay, that if you're not in a situation where that should come up and you have a position of immense power, which Louis C.K. has had in the comedy world for a really long time, both for stand-ups and for television, that it might be one of those things where someone doesn't know what to do right. and doesn't feel comfortable. Because the, the bottom line is, is you shouldn't be at work. I don't care what your job is. And someone, like even if you're in working in pornography, someone shouldn't be coming up to you if you're, if you're not actually shooting a scene and say, can I jack off in front of you? I almost feel like, that like it's easier never be for okay. porn stars. I, uh, I and like I feel like the industry is expects that, and therefore right. regulates it a little bit better. I'm not well, saying it's it, great for anybody. Um, oh no! Well, well, well. I, well, I was going to say those. If you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting that the porn industry started speaking up about big players and their industry and allegations against them years before traditional Hollywood did. Like yeah. when the accusations came out against James Dean and some yeah. other male porn stars like that happened years ago and women were willing to stand up and speak up and, and, and name names and say and stuff. Even, and even playboy bunnies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, but people, but people were willing, but they were willing to, to, to kind of put it all out there. And I, and, and, you know, I don't know how well it was treated within their industry and, 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 you know, if, if, how, if those women's, you know, careers recovered or, or what happened, but they were at least willing to do it. And, and I, I, I certainly don't think that the general, you know, um, uh, media gave that enough attention or enough investigation as, as they have these other things, which is a shame and, and wrong on a lot of levels. But at least, you know, th those that industry was was willing to at least do some form of examination years beforehand, whereas Harvey Weinstein, I mean, it was it, I it, it you know, kind of like Fox News, it was like known that that was a place where women were sexually harassed as just kind of a, a part of of your job. If you, you know, right. they hire a lot of young women you have to wear, you have to dress a certain way. You have to look a certain way. And, and I, I knew people who worked there who were not um, on air, but, but just had can, various roles. Can, can I talk about that time you texted me from the green room at Fox Business News? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and you were just like, holy shit, this is a Stafford Wives. Yeah. Like everyone here is a, a, a like strangely attractive, but similar looking blonde. Yes. I recall. 
Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was like. And, and, and I, you know, I was on that network a bunch of times and it was always that way, but there would be, but like everybody who worked there, everybody who they would have on, it was like, yeah, it was total stuff for wives. You would see the same dresses from time to time that other, that like, you know, bookers would wear that, you know, were like on racks. It was just a weird kind of vibe. But I, I knew from kind of talking with, with some of the people who worked there that, that stuff happened to them after they left, they would, they would say, and they're like, I'm never going to say a word because I, I have aspirations to do more of my career. And I'm like, right. I don't blame you, you know, at all. Like well, you look at these kids like uh, Molly Ringwald and Corey Haim, who like, they didn't know as far as they could tell, I'm sure their career depended on just letting this happen and then staying quiet about it. Of course, of course it did. And, 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 and they weren't completely wrong because the thing is, is even if you speak up, the, the abuser might get punished. It might stop. But that also means you're now tainted as the person right. who was busted. You're yeah, the person who, who always – you always had this association. And mm -hmm. and that's why people don't want to speak out against it because because they don't want it to be tied to that. They don't want to always be known as the victim. And I can completely understand that. That's why right. it's so brief Which people is, are coming forward. Exactly. That's why this wave is, is heartening. Um, I agree. Because we live in a world of a court of public opinion where – if you get enough people behind you, uh, the rules no longer apply. I mean, a, a Twitter mob is more powerful than a court, which is, uh, did, are you watching the Orville? Yes. Did you see the social media episode? Yeah. They went to the planet where literally there was no justice system other than <laughs> the, the court of popular opinion or, and public opinion. And people would basically vote on the death penalty while watching reality TV shows. Um, it was intense and and overly real. I like this. This has been a scary thing ever since I started reading about people that you know uh, Twitter would just go all out on after reading one thing or right. the, the woman who tweeted I think about AIDS and Africa as a joke. Yes, uh, Justine, uh, yeah, exactly. Literally yeah. had her life ruined before she got off the plane she tweeted from. Oh, it did. And and, and Sam Biddles wrote an article that he wrote like a year and a half after that where he like met with her again and he kind of admitted like how guilty he felt for, for writing that. It was really interesting to read because, of the, you know, you can kind of blame him. He kind of kicked it off, but the mob took it and ran with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and everybody <laughs> has a role. There's no defense against a Twitter mob. You don't no, get to not. say anything once you it starts over it. one misstep you made. No, you you don't, which is why I'm kind of concerned about some of the allegations that are coming out that I'm wondering there's going to be a certain point. Like, obviously, you know, you have corroborating evidence for a lot of these things, right? right? And, and that's great. And unfortunately you need that. You need people to name names. Like the, the Harvey Weinstein story had been told in bits and pieces, but it couldn't be done until people were willing to go on the record. And then once more people were on the record, other people would be on the record. Like, right. you and, know, Ronan, and that's when I'm okay with yes, know, declaring I agree. someone a public menace. I, I, I agree. But when you have certain things like, and, 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 and when you have people like Anthony Rapp, like willing to come forward at Kevin Spacey and, and, and that again, like it had been kind of an open secret that he was obviously gay and maybe, you know, handsy or whatever went to, you know, Brian Singer's twink parties, but you don't know how far it goes. And so that comes forward and you start to see these other predators and this other stuff, you know, come forward and, and people speaking out, you know, Bill Cosby was kind of the same thing where, uh, it, 
that had been an open secret and what well, not even an open secret. He, it, there had been, you know, court work against it and, and people just didn't want to write about it anymore. And then, you know, the, 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 the Twitter mob and, and, and kind of the media kind of raised attention about it again and, and people started coming forward. Um, and unfortunately it was too late. And as you just said, I mean, in the case of Bill Cosby, Twitter, social media was more effective, um, at ruining his life than the justice system was because he was found not guilty. Right. Um, and or, or there was a mistrial. Sorry, it wasn't found not guilty. There was a mistrial, and it's not clear if he's going to be re retried or not. And so, like that becomes uh, because he's old, and and who knows who, how much people want to invest, you know, in, in in that all over again. And 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 then actually now the prosecutor on that case, I think, is no longer a prosecutor, and is now basically working for Cosby's defense team. Like the whole thing is is screwed. Um, but you do kind of wonder it because so many people are talking and because so much happens in social media and we are so quick to kind of, like you said, kind of get this mob thing. There will be an instance where someone will be falsely accused and it will be provenly false. So, and I, I, I'm concerned about that because I worry about it now taking down a really important movement yeah, and having really, really negative effects. I am, I am watching with curiosity, George Takei. Me too. Me too. Um, like this was this is one that is currently an isolated accusation. Um, if it's true, it's it's horrible. But we're talking about someone who has been outspoken about sexual right. assault in Hollywood. We're talking about someone who has been outspoken about gay rights and all kinds of things. Yeah, you know, no, like no, uh, Japanese no, American no. activism. And if if more people come forward now, I will believe it. But at this point, I don't want to see it become uh, a judgment by mob. Right. I mean, and the the thing is, is that I will say that just because you are outspoken against something doesn't mean that you can't be a predator because I've certainly seen that. And I've certainly I've certainly experienced. (laughs) We call those Republicans. Well, yeah. And and evangelical preachers. Well, but what I was going to to say is I've there's there's this whole, you know, generation now of like woke men of guys who want to just kind of prove themselves, especially online about how big of allies they are and like how much they support women and want to hear women speak, even though they're always the ones talking about it. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's like this whole like, like, like movement of like leftists, like, like guys who are are just very, very into that. And they'll reach out to their female friends and they'll say, you know, what do you think of this? And da, 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 da. And, and, and you're kind of like, I'm really glad you're saying this, but also sometimes you're like, dude, can you just shut up and let the let the women speak, right? But T- but they, TJ's but they, character on Silicon Valley. Completely. There's something called uh, mansplaining. Have you heard of it? But but but, but this isn't even traditional mansplaining. This is like men who I truly want to be yeah. like, you know, like they want to be woke and, and they really like have a brand of being like I, you know, like they're at their they're at the women's march and the pussy hats and, and they're like all about it, right? And some of those same guys also will do things like try to hit on you and try to and, and, and do shitty things to women and 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 like will be gross and I you know so, and, and some, some of them get called out but a lot of them don't and so I, I don't want to say just because somebody has a history of speaking out against stuff doesn't mean that behind closed doors when given the opportunity they don't they don't still act like total you know assholes right so here's the thing is there is actually a line there's a consent line uh, yeah. It's not wrong to be attracted to people that you're attracted to. Right. It's not wrong to express that attraction. It's wrong if it goes further than that. And if 
if that attraction isn't echoed, you know, to to persist in gross ways, absolutely, you've crossed the line. I just don't want to see it get to the point where saying to somebody, I think you're cute, becomes sexual assault. No, I 100% agree. And I think that becomes really scary uh, for both men and women, right? Because women could become victims of that sort of thing, of that sort of accusatory thing too, yeah. right? Like, you're right. Stuff stuff happens. People become attracted to one another. But I'm I'm just saying that there are there are guys like I've had situations in my life where there were guys that I was friends with, guys who were like engaged or married or whatever. And this is like years and years ago, and seemed like really nice guys. And we're always talking about like women's rights. And then the next thing I know, they unsolicited send me a dick pic. Yeah. And that's and and start and start. And and, and 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 start you know wanting to talk about stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're you're married. Like, I remember that this one guy he had dated um, a girl who was one of my my college roommates, and we'd kind of kept in touch online. And I don't know if he was married then, or if he had just been married, or if he was engaged, or what his deal was. But we were kind of like talking on Facebook. This is this is a long, long, long time ago. This before Grant and I had even met. And and you know we're we're chatting, and then all of a sudden you know we're, he. We're, we're texting each other and then he's like sending me dick pics. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He was like, oh, I thought, da 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 da. You know, I always thought you were cute. I'm like, you're literally posting about your pregnant wife. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, on Facebook, like, what is, what is wrong with you? Like, seriously? Like, you think this is going to work? You think I'm going to like talk to you? Like, you're gross, you know? And, and that's the sort of thing that happens a lot right. that people don't ever talk about. And, and you're right though, there is a line. And, and, and I think that for a lot of people, unfortunately, it's become kind of systemic and it's become kind of accepted that you can slide into someone's DMs, so to speak, with, you know, a dick pic. I would say when you've that just been unsolicited dick pics are always over the line. I would agree with you. I'm just saying that I think that there are a lot of people who feel like that, 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 that that's an open, that they can just openly, even online, like you're having a nice conversation with someone they know you're married, they know you're in a relationship, whatever, even if they don't, but you're just having a nice conversation that doesn't have anything to do with anything sexual. And then all of a sudden they stop with the, they, they start with the sexual banter. And that I do think is over the line too. Cause it's like, it's not like you're talking to, it, it's one thing of it that the conversation naturally kind of goes that way. If you're talking about relationships, you're talking about other things, but if you're just talking about like general things and all of a sudden somebody's, you know, become sexual like immediately. Yeah. Like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't I didn't ask for that. And and I don't know where you got this signal from me because we weren't talking about anything even remotely related to this. Maybe I'm a prude, but that just doesn't it just always is weird to me how that and and you know Well even to take so even to take flirting as a an opening for yes. you know, real sexual talk. People flirt. I love exactly. flirting. Same, but, 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 uh, you know, but even if you're not flirting and it goes to that place, uh, you well, know what I mean? especially if you're not flirting, but even if you are flirting, even if you are expressing interest, jumping to here's my penis is rarely ever, e even if we're not talking about making people uncomfortable, even if we're just talking about hitting on girls, that is never a good idea. Plus it really does make most of the population very uncomfortable uh, in, in ways that one really should not be doing in their daily lives. Totally. Did you see, have you seen the story about, uh, about Gal Gadot saying that she will only continue with the Wonder yes. Woman films if Brett Ratner is, yes. is bought out? That is 
this to me, I think is, is really, really assuming this is true. This is really, really huge. And this could be the sort of thing that will really show once and for all, um, where the studios and the money people stand on this, because if they, if, if, if Warner brothers, for instance, were to choose Brett Ratner, over her because it becomes the ultimate thing, which is, you know, you have your box office ticket and you have your, your star versus your entrenched power system. Right. And and what do you value more? Your, Cause it's not about, do you value a woman more than this sexist piece of crap? Cause that's, that's obviously you, you value the sexist. Right. Piece of crap. Cause we know yeah. where they stand now. Yes. Where well, will they stand under this pressure? Well, and it's not even under, it, and it's not about morality because if they were moral, they wouldn't have these people employed. Agreed. And they wouldn't continue to have this happening. They they all want to kind of turn a blind eye and don't want to admit that it's happening because these people make them a lot of money and are powerful and 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 get away with the stuff because they're powerful. And 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 so it perpetuates and it goes on, right? I mean, you know, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, um, uh, uh, the guy who directed Transformers, um, um, uh, uh, Michael Bay. Yeah. You know, when he went on all those rants about Megan Fox, and no one cared. And he called her, you know, talentless and, and, a, and, a, and a slut and all that kind of stuff and was really just nasty to her because she didn't want to uh, – she didn't kiss his ass and didn't want to, you know, speak as highly about some of the Transformers films as he was happy about. Like, you know, yeah. people kind of talked about it, but it wasn't as if uh, Michael Bay didn't continue to get support. Now, Megan Fox had a harder time getting roles and, in fact, had to kind of crawl back and work with him again um, for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And she really hasn't done much stuff. Now, part of this you can say she's – not a very good actress and she's pretty, but she's not like gorgeous in, in, in like a, a, a way that is, is unique enough to maybe stand out. Right. Like she's somebody who was hot, had a moment, didn't really capitalize on it the right way and her career stalled. But you can also say that it didn't help that he was bad mouthing her and his career has been fine, but hers is not. Whereas, you know, so you know that, that the studios are going to, in most cases are going to stand with the powerful men other than the talent. But in a case like Gal Gadot, it's really interesting because the franchise is her. And if she doesn't agree to, you know, uh, show up unless they get rid of him, if she really does do that sort of ultimatum, that's going to put Warner Brothers, that puts Warner Brothers in the ultimate position, which is to say, what do you care more about? Your name and, and, and your star power or your entrenched system of power? Right. Um, that, and, you all, and, that you all are uncomfortable with to begin with, but you've chosen to be complicit in. You've chosen to be complicit because you look at Brett Ratner and you think, look at all the movies he's given us and look at all the money he's made us. Right. Do you choose that or do you choose, you know, your, your star? And some people would say it'd be easy. Oh, Gal Gadot will totally, you know, win. I don't know. I think if it were a dude, it would be no question. You know, if, say, it were Ben Affleck saying, I will not be, you know, Batman unless so-and-so is gone, fine, so-and-so is gone. And in fact, that's happened in, in films before where the male leads have been like, I don't want to work with so-and-so, and, and they've done it because the, the star was more important. To my knowledge, we haven't seen this, especially not with anybody this high profile uh, as, as you know Brett Ratner. And Brett Ratner is not as insignificant part of, at least from the money side, of the Wonder Woman films. Like he didn't have anything to do with directing it or anything to do with production, but his production company financed it. And so it's a big deal if, if he's completely removed. And I think it'll, it'll say a lot about, you know, what, where Hollywood's going to choose sides. So what's your, um, bet? 
I think I think that they might have to. I think because of the Ellen Page stuff, I think that I think if it were, I think that they'll do it. I think that they'll bat him out. But I don't think. I think it'll be a caveat. I think that they'll, you know, dissociate him from from Wonder Woman. But they're not going to disassociate their overall relationship with Rat Pack, and oh, they're great. not going to disassociate their other relationship with him on other films. Like I don't think, for instance, if he wants to do other X Men stuff, that Fox is going to be like, no, we're not going to. Yeah, I would you agree know? with that. So I, I think it'll be kind of a half-assed measure where they'll say, okay, he won't be involved, but it's not as if you will never see Warner Brothers work with Brett Ratner again because sure. they will. Um, and I think uh, you know Brett Ratner will continue to have a career. Um, maybe not as high profile in terms of like maybe directing things, but the stuff that he produces is going to continue to make bajillions of dollars. And so by extension, he's going to make bajillions of dollars. And in um, 11 years, we're all going to forget about it. And we're going to have um, a a vehicle that, that he directs or produces that is his, you know, um, a rehabilitation thing. a la what uh, daddy's home Two is doing with Mel Gibson. And I love Daddy's Home, and I really like Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. And yeah. I know Mark Wahlberg has done shitty stuff in his youth, and, and I'm not excusing that. I'm just saying, like, I really do like him. And at least when it comes to the misogyny stuff, that hasn't come out. Um, and and I really like Will Ferrell, and I like Adam McKay. I like the people involved with Daddy's Home. I'm really grossed out by all the kind of marketing that's being done to, you know, make Mel Gibson seem approachable again. And this has happened since, since, uh, uh, Hacksaw Ridge last year, you know, everybody's now, it's like, Oh, suddenly it's okay to like Mel Gibson again. And it's like, it wasn't just that he was anti-Semitic and drunken and, and all that stuff. And that was terrible. It's like, look at what he did after he left his wife and was with his, his, you know, second and third girlfriends and the abusive stuff that's have been said. Like, this is a gross guy. Yeah. Like, you know, we have like audio proof of his horror, of his horridness. So like that, that it was hard for me to hate Mad Max, but yeah, absolutely. I, I'm never going to be, he can't be redeemed in my eyes because I, I feel the same way. Him being redeemed is an endorsement of the culture. Exactly. It's saying, okay, we can forget about this now. It's not right. in the headlines. The Twitter is, mob enough, is quiet. Enough, enough time has passed that, that now he can be in this, this, this family comedy where he's the, the, the bad boy dad. And we're going to use his negative reputation as a character thing. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Look at this. He's a jackass. No, that's not OK. Like, I, you know, Mel Gibson shouldn't be getting these opportunities. Like, what the hell? I mean, the same thing like uh, somebody else came forward recently and admitted that like Russell Crowe like spit in Azalea Banks's face. Now, look, Azalea Banks is a trash person and I don't like support her because she's a trash person. And the stuff she said about like Muslims and and, and other stuff and, and gay people is just abhorrent. And I think she probably has mental illness issues that doesn't absolve her of what she's done. But I don't care who you are. You don't spit in someone's face, especially, you know, a woman of color when you are a hulking, you know, like Australian, like, you know, big actor dude. And like, we all know Russell Crowe was a piece of shit. Like it was, it was 15, 20 years ago when like the rumors started about him throwing phones at people. Yeah. Like, and, and but he still gets work. I mean, not a, not, he's not as big of a star as he used to be, but he still gets work. And, and it's, it, you look at this and you're just like, what, what are you doing? You know, like, like, like Sean Penn, I think finally with the El Chapo stuff and the fact that he was fucking the El Chapo producer, it's finally tarnished him a little bit. But I mean, there are police reports about how he beat the shit out of Madonna. Madonna, the most arguably at that time, the most powerful woman in the entire world was getting the shit beat out of her by her then husband and no one cared. And still 30 years later, 
no one cares. They look at that and they find a way. And they're all, they all talk about, you know, Robin Wright and what she must have endured. And, and people kind of side-eye Charlize and are like, oh, the fact that she got out of it, she ghosted him. You know, maybe he did something to her. And we're like, look at Madonna. Just because she says everything's fine now doesn't change the police reports. Right. I don't know. It, it's uh, – I'm I'm like you though. Like I, I'm I'm gonna stop ranting about this, but I'm glad that it's finally being discussed. I'm fine. I'm I'm glad the floodgates are finally open. My only fear is that once everybody starts talking, there are going to be false accusations and provably false accusations, and I'm afraid that it will end up discrediting a much more important movement. And well, so I hope that we're all careful when people who don't who we don't know who come out of the woodwork and make claims that don't that, that, that I, I don't want to say don't believe victims, but I, I think it's just, you know, depends on who the source you're coming out to is. And, 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 you know, just looking at stuff carefully. Cause you, you don't, I, I don't want this to turn into a situation where everything gets, gets, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think up. there's the fact that it's happening to people that are heroes to many. Yeah. Uh, Everyone is being trepidatious thus far. Yes. I mean, that can change. But everyone is like, really? Not, okay, well, that's another one. You know, let's let's tear this apart. Everyone's kind of like, oh, my God. No, not not that guy. Even, you know, even with gay men, obviously. Like, oh, it's totally. Not just, it's not just a feminist thing. It's a, it's a sex assault thing. And oh, people are is. people are waiting you know, once a story is corroborated, once there are multiple accus accusers coming forward, then, you know, then we see action. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I will say this, too. Um, I don't have any doubt that the that, that Corey Haim was abused and I don't have any doubt that the Corey Feldman was abused. I have a huge amount of problems with Corey Feldman. And I don't think that his approach, what he's been doing, is in any way helpful. I don't think that trying to raise $10 million on Indiegogo for a documentary that's going to be poorly made and will probably not have any answers is effective. I don't think that someone who is clearly mentally unstable and has been living in a delusional reality world where he is still famous is helpful. I don't think that feeding into his conspiracy theories when he won't say certain things out of you know fears that he will be killed – is helpful. That isn't to say I don't believe he's been abused and that the, the people who abused him aren't still out there. I don't believe, though, that this giant conspiracy thing that he's saying, and I say that because he's someone who has been making money or trying to make money throwing stupid parties where he still is famous and has a harem around him of what he calls Corey's Angels of women in white bikinis and angel wings who service his needs and live with him like he's some sort of weird Hugh Hefner. Like to <laughs> me, you can't have that and have these people who are kind of like, you know, your your harem and also be talking about um, how you're going to blow the lid off of, um, you know, child abuse scandals. It's like you've got to clean your own house up. You know, if I want if you want me to take you seriously about how you're actually going to get things done, that doesn't mean that you weren't a victim, but it does mean I'm not going to support you financially because I think that the way that he's going about getting his message out is is not useful. Uh, I also think that that whoever the person was who came forward and said that Charlie Sheen was the person who assaulted Corey Haim, the reason you haven't seen that picked up a lot of places is because as terrible as Charlie Sheen is, there's something about that story that doesn't ring right. right. There's right. something about the way that it's being said and in the context is being said that doesn't ring right. And it, that doesn't mean that, that it didn't happen, 
but the, the, the person who, you know, um, was allegedly assaulted has been dead for years, never openly talked about it. The best we have is a description in, you know, his friend's, you know, memoir, um, and, and, and some other people coming forward and, and, and like, that's, I don't know the, the whole thing, that whole thing, even though I, I definitely believe like Corey Haim was a victim of, 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 of child abuse. I don't, th- or an abuse in general. I, I, there's something like, I don't, it, it's terrible. You can go after Charlie Sheen for a million reasons as you should. <laughs> I, I, but this is one of those where I'm like, all right, hold up. Yeah. Like you have, you have to look at, at, at the source of the people who are making these accusations and you have to look at the way that people like Corey Feldman, you know, victim or not. Has, is, is trying to raise awareness to this issue, which is mostly self-serving and is all about, you know, him raising money and, you know, rather than actually like shining the light on stuff like and that that to me, it takes no courage to say, oh, I'm going please, please give me money so that I can make a documentary to expose all this. But I need money for my safety and to, to do this. That's cowardly. The, cur- the courageousness is to be Rose McGowan and to be you know, um, the other woman who like spoke up against Harvey Weinstein, like that's the courageous stuff to be Ellen page, to write that Facebook post, to be Anthony Edwards, to write that medium post. He wrote about how he had been molested as, um, a young actor when he was, you know, kind of like, like preteen, early teen and, and had lied about it and had gone the stuff he had gone through, you know, like that, that's courage. It's not courageous to say, Oh, I have all these names and they would blow your mind and they're huge eight listers and they're, and they're still working, but I'm not going to tell you because they'll kill me. But if you just give me money yeah, that's and let me make this project, then, then I'll tell you like, no, no, don't, that, that, that's not okay. You know? And, and, and then people get mad they're like, Oh, well the, the LA, you know, PD says that they're not investigating this anymore because it's past the statute of limitations and they get mad at the police. And you're like, well, yeah, but they are, you know, like what, what are they supposed to investigate? Like, right. do you have proof that this is still happening? You know, do, uh, I don't know. So are you watching, um, I love you America? Um, I'm not, but you I, absolutely I uh, need to. Okay. Cause I really like the previews for it, uh, it but is. I, but I'm not. It's brilliant. Like, I mean, it's Sarah Silverman. I, I, she, I love her. Sarah. Um, but like she's she's trying to do this it's almost like uh an attempt to repair the divide that has only grown drastically with over the last Trump. year yeah right um but she's doing it in a way that is like a learning experience for her as well and the i mean the last episode opened with her talking about how on election day, she first her first thought was to build a bunker, which, as you clearly know, was mine as well. Yes. And uh, and how that made her think about, wow, I am now just like the people I saw freaking out when Barack Obama was elected and then searching to find where that common ground is like, uh, you know, maybe maybe I consider my fear far more legitimate than the person who thought a black man as president was going to end the world. I need to take into account, though, that I am still having the same reaction to that fear. And, uh, and no, she's I, doing I, that. And I, I'm really, really enjoying the show. I, yeah, I saw the preview. I saw a preview for it um, at Hulu's Upfronts in New York right before I, I left media um, and, uh, and, and moved uh, to, to tech. And I really wanted to watch the show. I haven't had a chance to watch it, though. But I, I might actually do it today. I might actually do it right after we end because I'm not going to the movies for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I uh, 
there was a great article in Politico magazine. I just pasted a link to you in our Skype chat so you can add it to our show notes. Um, called uh, it's a profile of of, jo- of Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which yeah, is one of the one. yeah, it was one of the, the 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 counties and one of the areas that helped Trump go red for Pennsylvania. And and this was a town that was historically Democrat, and and the people there voted for him. Why they voted for him, and how a year later. I mean, this is the sad thing is that even though his promises haven't been kept and, and nothing has improved in their towns, they love him more than ever. And and I think that it I think that it's important to look at things like this because and I think that what Sarah Silverman is doing trying to have these conversations is important, whether or not you can change people's minds. Like, I don't think that's the goal because I, I don't think people's minds are going to change. I think it just becomes so as a as a society, we can become more aware of where other people are standing and, and what is happening so that we can think about stuff. I mean, honestly, I think even from like an OPSEC point of view, from when we start planning and, you know, strategizing our campaign stuff, we need to, we need to be very cognizant. The democratic party needs to be very cognizant going into, um, you know, uh, uh, 2018 and, and 2020, but especially 2018, they need to be very cognizant of what they're up against that we clearly weren't aware of, um, whether, whether Bernie or even if Bernie had been the candidate, I, we, I I still think we would have run into a lot of this that we just weren't prepared for. You know, you think that logic and that that certain things will get through to people and it won't. And we need to be aware of that and start thinking about how you message things and how you get the people who didn't vote, how you get them out, you know, which requires understanding. Yes, it does. It requires understanding, you know, the people who didn't go out to vote, but also the people who did. You might not be able to turn them back. But you need to understand their position and why they feel the way they feel um, so that you can at least maybe come up with policies and, and language and things that speak to that, because there's something to be said for that. I mean, not I mean, a lot of people are terribly racist and will never, you know, um, and, and sexist and have other stuff and, and, and you know, hate Obama primarily because he was a black man. And that that comes down to it, that they liked the guy who who, you know, gave voice and, and gave um, credibility to their racism of Obama. That's what they saw with Trump yeah. is, is him calling for the birth certificate stuff and other things. They, they said this is this is a big, rich man, powerful man who has a platform who's giving credibility to my bigotry. Um, that's certainly part of it. But there, there's also people who have been worn down and just feel like I've been forgotten. And to a certain extent, they're not wrong because the Democratic Party has forgotten them because we think so much about, you know, the left thinks so much about um, uh, people who um, are, you know, in in the, uh, you know, lower class or lower middle class or or barely surviving and people who um, are are undocumented and people who maybe, you know, are are on, um, on, on welfare and people who are on other programs. And we don't think about people who, you know, a few generations ago were certainly not rich, but had blue collar jobs that got them, you know, that, that, that gave them a certain lifestyle. And now they don't have that because they're uneducated and because they're not the, the, the type of, um, I guess, uh, demographic that we focus on. We just kind of forget about them in general and, and their, their rage and their, um, feelings of hopelessness, you know, continues. And those people are still around. You know, they're not going to and and if we're not I mean, this is to say nothing about the whole rise of the alt right and and the fact that this idea that 
you know, the, the bigots and, and, and the, the right wing people are just going to die off. Like that's unfortunately not true. We've got a whole generation thanks to YouTube of people being raised on being misogynistic and being anti PC and anti SJW because some of the SJW stuff does get ridiculous. And, and, you know, I don't, I, I don't tell me how to think and, and, you know, the, the, the alt right kind of stuff, which, which is really prominent on YouTube, but like the most popular personalities, like the, the underlying stuff is there. Like, that's gonna that that's a that's a even bigger problem. But before you can even tackle that, I think you have to kind of look at the people that like Sarah Silverman's talking to and the people on the political article who, you know, um, feel hopeless and are willing to go all in with somebody who will never have their best interests at heart ever, just because he says the right things. Yeah, that's depressing. So, if you're gonna watch one episode of I Love You America, I would say last week's uh not okay. the most current one which one was which was good but the one uh last week where she ends up down at the bluebird cafe performing a song called somebody broke her okay the episode is it's brilliantly sequenced like it starts off with a long monologue about how women masturbate and it's like it's it's classic offensive Sarah Silverman with <laughs> like I mean the whole the whole first half of the episode you're like oh wow we just went back to like Sarah Silverman from the late 90s which was you know funny but kind of contradictory to the stated mission of this show and right. then it works its way back to a truly heartfelt performance of a song about her mother and uh, the the song on its own might not have the song on its own might not have made me cry, but the way that the episode was sequenced, by the time that song got there, it hit me in the gut. It was it was amazing, and uh, you can find like videos of the live performance on YouTube. But to get a studio copy of the song, you have to make a donation to the Las Vegas victims through. The country music, uh, I don't remember which website, but um, so I did because that song is just really freaking good. Um, that episode, though, encapsulates what I think the potential of this show is. And it pissed off the conservative, uh, <laughs> like the far right media. If you go to sites like Newsbusters and stuff, they were irate. That she would, you know, claim that God is okay with guy on guy butt sex and <laughs> and interview these uh, these down south firemen and be able to say with a straight face that all of these scientists agree on climate change and all of this. Like she she brought it together though. Like you watch it, you can make your own decisions. It's to me a kind of it's a perfect episode for this show. Okay, I will. I will watch this as as soon as this is over. Um, and uh, I, that that sounds really good. Um, speaking of Hulu shows, because our favorite show, Difficult People, has actually been making fun of the has been talking about the Kevin Spacey thing for like its entire existence. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry for the real segue. Sorry, sorry, sorry for the weird segue. Because that, uh, but but that made me think of it. Um, uh, I meant to mention that earlier. Somebody <laughs> did a compilation of all the jokes. There's like a Twitter account that like one day did all the joke like, like like screen caps or or like video excerpts of all the times they've made kevin spacey jokes on difficult people 
I'm gonna have to go find that because I, I, I mean, definitely like, recall hearing them, but I I am not aware of the were quantity. Like so, I guess there were so many that I, I yeah I, I forgot about the quantity too. I was like, oh my god, this is really a lot. Um, so I but I, I will check that up, that episode of I Love You America. I'm glad that Sarah Silverman is doing that. Um, and uh, I hope I hope more shows like that is gonna happen. I don't know. I'm just glad as bad as all this stuff is, like you, I'm I'm glad that it's finally. This is all finally coming to a head. This is this is finally unable for people to ignore it. You know, like people for so long where we just kind of didn't want to do anything, and and now it, it's it's coming forward. And it, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of us still don't want to do anything, but we're glad something's being done. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it becomes really uncomfortable <laughs> because when it's the, inconvenient. The, the, well, it is inconvenient when you every day you're like, oh man, so and so, and it's like, well, okay. Yeah. You have to. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's like it, that. I mean, bottom line is, I mean, and it, but it does. And you and I, we've talked about this before. It does become. And, and I think that in the in the short term, we you can't focus on this. And this is something for like historical context to kind of do. But you do have to, you know, but there there is like that kind of classic like Michael Jackson question, which is how much do you, can you appreciate the art when you know that the artist is in, is inherently flawed? Yeah. And, and it becomes, it's difficult, right? Because I, I do think that you can take the, the tactic with time. I'm not saying like immediately, I do think you can take the tactic with time. That is, even if someone was a horrible person and did terrible things that they could have created great art. Uh, we've certainly done with that with literature, historically with paintings, um, with music, um, and, and, and with, you know, early film, you know, like I think everybody knows like how tyrannical and, and terrible the, the studio system was and other stuff, but that hasn't stopped us from appreciating um, those, you know, auteurs or, or, or people, you know, Albert Hitchcock was, uh, was terrible. I mean, Tippi Hedron, who's still alive, Melanie Griffith's mother has talked about how he basically assaulted her and, 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 and never worked with her again because, uh, you know, try to kill her career and, and basically succeeded in it because he was in love with her and she didn't want anything to do with him. Right. And, and there've been other things about his temper and other stuff, but he's will forever be held up as one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Uh, Roald Dahl, you know, some of the mm -hmm. most amazing children's books, terrible anti-Semite, you know, and, and, and so there does become like this interesting thing. We can't have this conversation now, but it will be interesting to see how it, how we start to look at this stuff. You know, I mean, you even see it in sports. It's like with, 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 you know, um, athletes using performance enhancing drugs, you know, it's like, what do you, if everybody in, in an era is doing that, do you withhold them all from the hall of fame or not? And, and it becomes, it just becomes an interesting thing with how we look at things in, in, in historical context, you know, my fear from an artistical standpoint, strictly is that the people who stuff happened before a certain period of time, like the Hitchcocks of the world will forever be enshrined in, well, that was back then and it was terrible, but we're still going to uphold the art. Whereas someone like Woody Allen is going to be marred. And so in 50 years, Woody Allen, you know, films won't be even studied because of the association. Yeah. I just watched um, what, uh, for Vicky Barcelona or whatever. Yeah. Vicky Maria, uh, Christina Barcelona. Yeah. Directed by Woody Harrelson, produced by Harvey Weinstein. Woody Allen. Yeah. 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 And, uh, 
Yeah. What did I say? What did I say Woody Harrelson? You did. And I, and I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, like Woody. One, I was going to say, he's actually one of the people who are like, I don't think anything bad has ever been said about him. Anyway, so here's my proposal. Uh, a good guys list that actors can voluntarily add themselves to. I am, you know, I, I am I am clean. I, I have not hurt people. I have not uh, attacked people. I have not harassed people. And if they are proven wrong and they have put themselves on the list, then they get like doubly shunned. Yes. But it gives people a chance to, uh, to, 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 like right now, like I'm afraid for everybody. I am afraid that I'm going to find out lifelong heroes are not worthy of my respect. This is, it's a kill your hero situation. It's yeah. a kill, kill your darling situation. And I, I would love to just have an anchor to be like, these are, these are the people that you were right to believe in. And, and yeah, like uh, people lie, people cover up and, and that should be expected. But I kind of want, I want a list. I want people to be like, you know what? I haven't done anything. No one's going to accuse me of anything because I have always conducted myself as, you know, a loving human being. So, like the Tom, like 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 Tom Hanks. Like I saw somebody something funny the other day. It's like somebody's like, oh, Tom Hanks has been accused of being a genuinely nice person, <laughs> and you know. Yeah, I think that um, was it. Was like a fake New York Times article that went. Yeah, around. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm with you. It's like, we need like more of those types of things where there are people who are like, yes, I will stand up because it's an invitation, right? If, if you're, if you're, if you sign your name to a list, that's actually an invitation for everybody to, right. To, to search you, to yeah. try to find, to try to find the dirt on you. Right. And, and as people, you know, get picked off that list and doubly shunned, people become more hesitant to put themselves on that list and putting yourselves on that list declares, I can, I pledge to. Uh, you know, conduct myself with a sense of responsibility for other human beings moving forward. A sense of responsibility to my fans that I will not behave in ways that are harmful to people. I, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be, it, for, it, would, it would be heartening because right now between finding out who was, who, who is a predator and who all is complicit in that, I mean, you have to look at like Tarantino. Yeah, you have oh. to wonder. Oh, he's 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 more than a little complicit in it, and you have to think like, what's gross about that to me is that, you know, Rose McGowan was involved with Robert Rodriguez, who uh, uh, who um, you know did uh, that uh, that Miramax film. Um, what was the? Maybe put an edit mark in here. Was it, wasn't he um, uh, El Mariachi? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he directed that, but 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 the the film that they were in, Grindhouse. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I believe you know. Um, yeah. So so yeah. There's a story that says that he he cast her in Grindhouse um, uh, to spite uh, Weinstein. Um, and but 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 so 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 he he because they were involved, but um, he wrote it with with Quentin Tarantino. You know, Tarantino having worked with, working, you know, with with uh with Rodriguez and then, you know, he was involved with with uh Rose McGowan. I have to feel like there's no way that the Tarantino didn't know the McGowan story. Right. 
I agree. You know, and, 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 and so the fact that he kept silent for so long and then went on to, to kind of, uh, he hasn't really wanted to discuss his complicity, you know, uh, uh, you know, his, 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 yeah, his, his complicity with this has been, has been interesting. And, and part of you, you kind of feel for the guy, right? And don't, don't feel for him. You, you understand that he's in a difficult position because even if sure. he didn't do anything wrong, his entire career has been in many ways, uh, linked inextricably linked to this person. Well, and that's the thing with this though, is there's going to be fallout. Yes, there is. There are and, going and, to be, uh, uh, casualties of friendly fire uh there will be people who have to be taken down for their proximity in order to change the culture no i agree with you and and, but it just becomes yeah like you said it becomes a a kill your heroes you know kill your darling sort of thing because god you know i mean because again like uh, you know uh Kevin Smith was kind of dragged into a little bit and I think he handled things the right way, but he is, he's nowhere near as, as, as mainstream or important as Quentin Tarantino, you know? Don't like, tell him that. <laughs> I think he knows. <laughs> uh, I think, I think he knows, but yeah, you're right. It, be, it becomes a really interesting though, kind of thing where I don't know. It, 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 you wonder how many things, you know, people, it seems like they're open secrets that people just knew and just accepted, you know? And like, it's, I, I don't know. I, I can, at, at a certain point, like I don't judge any people who worked at Miramax even or the Weinstein company who had heard things and, and knew that, that maybe, you know, Harvey was, was gross, especially people trying to start their careers. But you have to wonder about, you know, bigger names who have options and didn't have to work with people right. who, who enabled him. Well, not just enabled him, though, once you hear the story, like to me, if I heard that, you know, one of my good friends, you know, girlfriends had been raped by someone and I believe the story, how can I continue to work with that person? Right. If I have other options, it's not as if Quentin Tarantino didn't have other options. It isn't as if he couldn't get distribution or producers elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like that, that, like, like that's the thing. It's, 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 it's once you know, it's like. Why don't you, why didn't you distance yourself? And, and, and you have to, I think people have to be count, be held accountable for that, not for being, you know, involved or working with someone, but once you know, and, 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 and it, you, you make the conscious choice, the conscientious choice of saying, even though I know you raped someone and settled with them, I'm still going to work with you. Even though this person is an actor I've directed and is dating a friend of mine, I'm still going to work with you. Yeah. Like that's just I I don't know how I, I don't know how to reconcile that. Uh, agreed. Yeah, my my <laughs> my career path has shown that I just I won't make those I won't make those choices. Yeah, no, I'm with Once you. Once you know something and you can't unknow it, to consciously choose to forget it is uh, reprehensible. No, I'm with you. And, and my, my, my career choices have shown that too. I mean, um, it's been a really long time, fortunately, since anything happened, but I guarantee you that if I found out the people that I was working with, um, were, were involved with things, um, I, I wouldn't stay at a job. And, and even when I was, you know, like 20 years old or 21 years old and, and I had a job at Abercrombie and Fitch and I saw how they were blatantly racist, I quit. Like it's the only job I've ever just not shown up for anymore. I just like walked out. I just quit. And I mean, you know, that felt like it was the right thing to do then. But it certainly, you know, um, and that was an easy thing to do, so to speak. But it wasn't even a question. It was just like, okay, this isn't where I'm going to work. And, you know, that would go for any place. Like, if you know, if I'd been 
I would I, I've, I haven't had a, a lot of uh, long lasting jobs. Um, I, I've worked at a few places for long periods of time. But if I'd seen those things, you know, yeah, I'm with you. I just I wouldn't I wouldn't stick around. It wouldn't be worth it for me. Yeah. But but I you know, I, I understand that that not everybody goes to that. And, that. and that's not to say that, like, if there was something like if you're at a huge conglomerate and something, somebody someplace does something. OK, but if it's somebody that I, if I see it, if I know it, if it's part of what I'm doing or if it's the leadership, the people actually making the decisions, you yeah. know, like I wouldn't quit Google because James Damore was hired there. But I wouldn't. Uh, but 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 like let's say he had been like an exec who people had covered for, then that yeah. would be a thing where you go, okay, wait a minute, why is this person, yep. you know, being protected? So right. All right. Well, we've been going on for a long time. Happy birthday, Christina. Thank you. Yeah, now I feel depressed, but no, it was a good talk. You know, we didn't even get into the Taylor Swift album. We're gonna have to have a follow up episode very soon so that I can get out all my feelings about the new Taylor Swift record. That'll be the title of the episode. We didn't even okay. get into the. T- Taylor Swift album. Oh, what would there's that hashtag? Uh, bye bye 1984. Is that what it was? 1989. Yeah, 1989. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're we're living in 1984. Right. Yeah, we'll get into 89 next time, um, huh. or the death of. The death of. Yeah. So uh, I I do hope you're taking lots of vitamin C for that cold you seem to have. Oh, I seem to have a cold. Oh, you don't? I don't. Oh. I didn't think I did. And you probably didn't get a haircut either. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to be observational. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you have a sniffle. Okay. I, I hope it, I hope it doesn't progress into a, uh, a cold. No, I do too, especially since I've got to do 90 minutes of interviews uh, in a couple of days. <laughs> um, now I'm going to take some, some vitamin C hardcore. Okay, good call. Bunch of zinc. You'll be fine. Yeah. I'll um, be totally fine. So you can find Overtired on Twitter at O-V-R-T-R-D. Uh, you can find us on iTunes where you can leave hilarious reviews uh, accompanied by at least four stars. Um, you can find Christina on Twitter as film underscore girl. You can find me as T.T. Scoff. Uh, do you want to plug Rocket? I sure do. You can listen to my other podcast, Rocket, on Relay FM. So that's relay.fm slash rocket. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, and, and where other uh, fine podcasts are done. Excellent. And you can find, uh, do, do you want to plug uh, your Systematic? Sure. Systematic is my other podcast here on ESN. And uh, you can find that at esn.fm slash systematic. And we have some great interviews coming up that I'm very excited about. So, yeah check in on that and i i i don't know how you're sleeping these days christina but i i hope it goes well thank you brett i hope i hope so for you too uh get some sleep and uh keep keep doing handstands right on get some sleep bye the system is going down low